Welcome to This Is Nursing Podcast and today's episode we'll be learning about what school nurses do. Uh, to do this I got in contact with Jane Ashby from Ardash, uh, which is Rotherham Doncaster South Humber Trust uh, and Jane is the team lead for the school nursing service for um, 5 to 19 year olds. Uh, Jane is quite passionate about uh, school nursing and working with young people and I think that's very uh, evident when you listen to her speak uh, in this episode. Uh, Jane and the team have won a number of awards within the organisation for their innovation and also setting uh, up programs which other school nursing services have um, taken on board or purchased um, from them. So sit back, listen to the next half an hour of Jane talking about the values and um, the benefits of what school nurses bring to young people and also what um, they do as nurses. So, hi Jane. Um, so, thanks for joining me today for the This Is Nursing podcast. Um, invited you in because I wanted to understand more about um, school nurses and I see that you're on social media quite a lot. Yeah. Um, one of your followers, and it seems like you guys are very, very proactive out there in Doncaster. So um, I thought I'd lift the lid really on what school nursing was about and find out from yourselves. So um, from my experience with school nursing is it's don't really know what it's about. There's nothing on the national agenda for school nursing or anything like that. So um, do you think that it's sort of forgotten about or in the shadows? And what is it really about? Um. I think you're right. I think school nursing, school nursing for me, people don't understand what the job is. So when you tell somebody you're a school nurse, they got this picture of you being the old fashioned knit nurse, checking nails, checking feet for brokers. It's true. It's true. Sitting in the little medical room with a blue paper towel. Um, and it's as far from that as, um, as you could possibly imagine. Um, so I think the big, the biggest challenge for us really is the fact that people don't understand what that term means. Um, and we've been really lucky um, over the last few months to work with Wendy Nicholson in Public Health England, who wrote the Healthy Child Programme. Um, that's the document that um, school nursing works to. That's our journal, if you like. That's our, our Bible. Um, so basically, school nursing takes over from health is tin. So when a child reaches five, they come across to have their health surveillance done by school nurses, so up to the age of 19. Some services take young people up to 25 and send. Um, it just depends on the commissioning and what their service looks like. So basically we offer uh, guidance, support, advice to young people around mental health, physical health, social health, sexual health. Uh, we support around LGBTQ. We support parents around uh, vision and hearing, height and weight, the dreaded NCMP programme. What's the NCMP programme? So the NCMP programme is a government-driven programme um, that's commissioned through uh, local authorities or whoever the service providers are, and it's the National Childhood Measurement Programme. Okay. So height and weight of children in reception and height and weight of children in year six. Um, uh, yeah okay send out the dreaded fat letter that's kind of uh you know to be fair a stigma again that comes with with school nursing um 
but it's quite a factual thing you know we're working with figures so we can't get away from that yeah. um, I think the challenge around there is there's limited if any programs to refer to so I think that's the other thing um, so I absolutely share parents frustrations you know we're going in we're going into schools we're sending a letter out saying you know just to make you aware your child is overweight or very overweight do you want any support and of the fair of the of the few people that say they do we can't really offer them anything Gavin that's the yeah. thing so things that used to have funding around them boot camps and leisure center passes and just programs in the community have gone yeah. uh, so we struggle it relies on the skill of the screening team to follow that up really um which then in the next breath when the government are saying we've got all these obesity figures, you know, it's, it's a frustration. So we share that with the parents, really. Mm. Um, the, the children that are underweight, we kind of work with GPs to make sure there's no physical reason for that or that there's no neglect or hidden harm that we're not aware of. Um, and quite often, you know, most children come out as a healthy weight, but yeah. certainly for Doncaster, we've got a high figure of children that are, are overweight so how did you um get into school nursing so for me when i when i first qualified i worked at dri on the pediatric wards okay and um previous to that i'd been a, a cadet nurse back in the 80s that's kind of like where i first started did my training at rotherham yeah. um, did a year hated it just you know when you think this isn't for me came back home then decided no actually I did want to do something like that went back to DRI worked in outpatients for a while um, got married then uh, decided I wanted to work on a, a children's ward so in my mind my background in my O-levels and CSEs and all of that kind of thing were around childcare. Okay. So I went to work on a pediatric ward as a healthcare assistant then we had um, children so then you know when you think oh, I'm not going to go and do my training now so I plodded on plodded on so this school nursing job came along and I thought, oh, this is good. You know, this is kind of still working with children. It's working in the community. It's weekends, bank holidays off. And I just loved it. I just absolutely loved it. You know, when you think, why haven't I done this before now? Yeah. And a lot of that was the freedom to kind of um, not do what you want, but kind of you could really use your skills. You'd meet a family and think, right, what do they need? They need some advice around parenting. Then, you know, the child needs some advice around being fit and well. The family needs some advice around just kind of like family values. And so in some ways, it's, it's very social as well. It's, it's a little yeah. bit social workery sometimes. Um, so then in school nursing to progress, like I said, in those questions, you've got to go off and do your uh, public health degree. Yep. So I went off and did that and then came back. And um, I've always had an interest in safeguarding. So we put together a team called the Children's Health and Protection Team that we now know as the, the CHAP team. So that's um, a safeguarding team within the school nursing team that support children that are going to initial child protection conference, um, that are on review child protection plans, and then we continue that support when they've been de-planned and they're at child in need level. Yeah. So that's kind of, that was my little, that was my baby. And that... Um, that model now is kind of um, envied by a lot of school nursing teams. We've got a really good team of commissioners in Doncaster. So, yes, yeah, so that's me. So we put the chat team together and, um, and I worked in there for about 18 months, two years. And then this team lead post came up 
So I've been doing it for uh, four years in October. Wow, okay. Um, and I love it. I just, I just love it. I love it. But it's a good team and, um, yeah, I just enjoy it. I just enjoy it. And I suppose how, so people listening out there, I've gone into nursing, I've been on the wards and I absolutely hate this and I'm going to leave nursing. Yeah. How, you know, because it is very different to that nursing model, isn't it? Totally. Absolutely, totally. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's hardly anything, if anything at all, that is clinical. The closest, again, it depends how teams are commissioned. We used to do our own back and in session. So school. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that, that's kind of got tendered out. So it's still within the care group, but it's a different team. So the closest thing that we would do clinically, um, school nursing, is pregnancy testing and chlamydia screening. Wow. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I think for somebody to, what, what we always find is students that come out to us on placement, they will all say, I'd got no idea what you did. I'd got yeah. no, no idea what you did. I didn't think you did this. I didn't think you did that. We thought that you sat in school, checked for nits, all that kind of thing. I would say that we enable young people to kind of find the confidence to manage their own health needs, make good decisions about lifestyle choices, um, learn what consent is, learn how to make sense of the lived experiences, yeah. learn how to make sense of um, development and puberty and body changes. Um, like I say, LGBTQ, you know, the amount of young people that come forward and don't want to kind of talk to a teacher at school, they don't want to talk to the parents. The fact that we've still got nurse in our title, um, I think it tells them they can trust us. So they'll yeah. call open up and they'll talk to us but that'll take time so kind of you'll know with a cams background um a lot of young people don't want the stigma of being referred to cams yeah they want that mental health label if they're wanting to go into armed forces or the police or anything like that so for me the gift of a the gift of a school nurse is being able to walk into school uninvited you've just got that automatic role yeah got the opportunity to kind of mix with the kids talk to them on their level and if you I, I think if you're a pediatric nurse and you've got that interest it's just engaging with them having a laugh talking to them and what you find over a period of time is they'll open up to you and before you know it 12 13 14 weeks down the line the the skill of that professional inquisitiveness the skill of that health assessment just looking at somebody and thinking when i saw you last week you, you seem a bit flat today and they trust you when you can talk to them and kind of you just end up being professional mates yeah okay um, and if you get that right I think that is a gift in nursing today because quite often we're just looking after people that are coming in unwell they're getting better they're going home and that's it this is lifelong this can be a relationship that lasts for 14 years or more so you know what we find is if you know if you've got a young person who's struggling at six say in reception and you know the first time you see them might be to do the vision and hearing or the ncmp program and then you go back a couple of years later and you're delivering puberty and then you go back into year seven and you're starting to do your drop-ins in school so your corridor workshops around exam stress or hidden sugars or consent all these little things and they'll say I can remember you, you came into my school. Yeah. So that, I think, to be part of a child's life as a constant, you know, from being five 
all the way through to 19, if you can get the trust of a young person, you actually hand on heart can say you've, you've helped them to develop into the young people that they've become. How much of your work with the schools is around pastoral care? And do schools actually, because I know they, they have their own, in, or some schools will have their own in-house counsellors, but what sort of pastoral care or uh, mental health support do, do your guys offer kids? And do they have a caseload? I suppose that was one of the other things is, you know, that was one of the things that the cancer workers struggle with is, is having that caseload and keeping track of that really. And Yeah, yeah. I think um, for what you've got to think for our team, for Doncaster, we've got a population of around 56,000. And the team as a whole is 28 staff that are, some are very part-time, some are term-time. You know, so the actual staffing numbers that we've got are very low. So caseloads tend to be, the safeguarding caseload is quite high. Um, The actual active caseload for young people that we're just working with isn't that high to be fair because it's something that just ticks along so it could be that um you know sort of talking about mental health and you know the trailblazer posts that are around now the mental health practitioners so um nationally that kind of caused outcry when the government put the funding into cams yeah yeah Um, you know because we were saying fair enough these posts need to happen but why aren't you putting that money into school nursing why aren't you, you know if we're the if we're that public health role and mental health is very much public health and it's preventative and school nursing's skill set is very limited around qualifications around mental health absolutely have these mental health practitioners but enhance and enrich a school nursing team yeah. so that the referrals to cams are only really really when they're needed yeah um so this work that I've been doing with um, Public Health England and, and Wendy Nicholson, we kind of had quite a good voice there. Um, we don't know the outcome of, of all of that. We were still nationally, Sharon White from Safna, I don't know if you've heard of Sharon White. Right. She, she is passionate that this pot of money, absolutely the government's right to recognise it, but they've dropped it in the wrong box. Yeah. They've dropped, you know, they've dropped it in the wrong box. Hands <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah 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 they're kind of like no no it's fine um so what we've got is 10 schools in Doncaster that have signed up to that um and and that's varied between the really kind of schools that are in high areas of poverty but also areas of affluence as well different level of need yeah um, I would say our biggest our biggest role is around mental and emotional health yeah absolutely so the schools that kind of work really well with us are the ones that tend to say look come whatever time of day you want we'll give them a pass they don't have to tell us why they want to come out of class and they'll come and talk to us and the case studies that we've got around young people that would rather come and see a school nurse than go to cams because they don't maybe need that high tiered level of support they just want to talk to somebody that can waiting list as well that's not always what they need is it it's not sometimes they just want to be given the support to understand their lived experience I think is that and just somebody to talk to but somebody who can actually give them an answer and not just go yeah 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 you know actually give them something back um and I think it's really difficult to evidence this is where we struggle around evidence where we've made a difference because sometimes I don't think we'll ever know Gavin until 
years down the line it's something that's really difficult to measure it's you know it's it's hard sometimes it's to give the commissioners these figures yeah because that's what i was thinking about earlier when you were talking about about it so you don't have a designated you don't have a a, a criteria pathway where you this is what you do you will get these interventions and these will be the expected outcomes so it's it's very loose to use it yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we have a service deck you don't know what you're coming in with yeah yeah we have a we have a, a service spec and a, a contract and the service spec has got kpis attached to it yeah. um but sometimes sometimes the kpis don't fit with the current picture of school nursing yeah so you know um for example one of our kpis is is around uh, young people and smoking now if somebody's only just started to smoke they're not going to stop because they don't want to because they've only just started so our role is to kind of guide support and advise um young people to understand the effects of smoking but they're not going to go away and say oh the school nurse has told me by showing me this tar of jar uh, jar of tar kind of thing that i'm going to stop smoking because they've only just started you know so that that's just one example of where we feel that it doesn't fit in today's um today's lives of young people smoking is way way down on the agenda it's more lgbtq emotional health yeah. aces cse cce all of that kind of stuff yeah because it is it, you know th these roles i guess from my experience it's about it is about informing them to make wise choices you can't you know you can't stop a kid sending stuff inappropriately on their phone but what you can do is hopefully influence them by saying if you do this these are the potential consequences exactly. and it's the same with drinking smoking they're going to drink they're going to take drugs but actually if you can just say look don't go out in a bender don't you know because th these are the things that can also affect you now but later on in life exactly. and you can offer that and if they take it they take. well that's my view anyway if they take yeah, it no that is exactly that exactly that you know so our messages will be you know say for example if we if we'd been in school this Easter, if you're going to be going to a party and you're going to be taking drugs, you know, start low, you know, start on the low dose, see how you feel, at least be safe around your drug use, yeah. know when to call an ambulance, you know, know, know yeah. when there's that critical point where somebody needs help because there, were, there was an incident a few years back where a young person died from a, a drug overdose. Um, and possibly the young people around him didn't know how to recognize you know at what point do you think actually this has got out of hand a little bit yeah. so you know, you're exactly that they're not going to go away and say right the school nurse has said yeah don't so i'll stub my fag out you know no no um the same for sexual health you know again it doesn't matter what we say they might they might come to our clinic every week pick up six condoms blow them up and they'll be in the playground kind yeah. of thing but equally at the same time we know when they come back a few months later and they're like oh no no if it, no uh, you know i've been seen so say for example what we're asked to say is how many young people report that they're sexually active yeah that's that's um part of our role so we might report on those figures to me what the understanding needs to be is that a week later somebody who's 13 if they've split up with their boyfriend they don't class them themselves as being sexually active anymore mm. After they might get another boyfriend or girlfriend and then come back and they're sexually active, so our figures will do this. Yeah, they're not saying anything because it's around a young person's 
interpretation of what being sexually active is. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's that, you know, it's it's that that's kind of that's frustrating. Um so yeah. And you get you'll get, you know, I suppose as the team lead, you'll get quizzed on that. Some of them saying, What's wrong with your data here? Because it's all over the shop. And it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I suppose that leaves that, that a sort of mentality that we have within the NHS. We'll look we'll look too hardly at the numbers. Yeah. And yeah. not take time to understand actually what the work is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Some some things you just can't capture that you are making a difference. Yeah. You know, all all you can say is is that every week young people come to see us. And I don't, you know, and even because we have tell us what you think posters instead of your opinion counts because, you know, they're not going to say, would you, you know, friends and family test and all of that. Then young people aren't interested. They're not bothered, are they? They're not bothered if we're in uniform or not. They're not bothered if we're male or female. They just want you to be there. No, no, we did it. We did a little bit of consultation because we were out of uniform. Then we went back in uniform. And what we found was some of the older ones were saying, what, what you got your uniform on for? I don't want so-and-so to know I'm coming to see you. Or the kids that were looked after or the kids that were on the plan, it was kind of like, it was obvious that they were seeing the nurse if they were pulled out of class. Yeah. Equally, once the school knows who you are, as soon as they see that you're with a the nurse, they know that something's, you know, you, you've gone for some reason. Yeah. So the young people kind of said, you know what, we're not bothered. We're not bothered if you're in uniform or not. Yeah. So as a team, we kind of said, we'd rather not be, um, you know, and, and yeah. I think there's times when it's a good thing. I yeah. think there's times when we do need to be visible as a nurse. Um, so certainly anything clinical, vaccinims-wise, you know, that kind of thing. Even for the littlies, when we're doing the NCMP and they're only like five and six, I think you get their trust if they think you're a nurse. They don't, yeah. you know. So I think there's, there's fours and against it, to be fair. How much of your work works with families? Or is, is the child the main point of contact? I guess when they're younger, you, you have no option really working with the family or the care, but maybe teenagers when they're sort of 16 and above? Yeah. So for, for us, um, again, I think this is, this is the difference for us between health visiting and school nursing. So our primary role ideally is to work with the child, young person. Um, there's a lot around phrasal competency and consent, yeah. uh, the sharing of information, all of that kind of thing. Um, our key role is to capture the voice of the child. That's the key role for us. Um, encompassing the six C's, embedding that in the health assessment, um, being that child's advocate in in all aspects of what we do, particularly when it comes to safeguarding. Um, Or even as soon as they're open to services and you're writing any kind of report, um, that is kind of like the key ask for us. Working with parents absolutely comes along with that, but our gift is to try and work with the young person and promote independent really if you're working with a family around obesity it's got to be a whole family approach it's got to be but the parents see that as a judgment on the parenting skills and style um if we're talking around sleep then the parents quite often want to be involved so we've got a couple of staff that are trained as sleep practitioners Um, so that's really good sorry sleep practitioner do so the sleep practitioners, they've, uh, they've been on a course from the sleep charity. Yeah. And it's just, again, around kind of guidance, boundaries, different processes, different planning, different uh, approaches to bedtime routines. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it works really well. It works really well. 
to be fair, nine times out of 10, most of the issues that young people have got is down to um, parenting. Yeah. It's just trying to get the parents to not see that as a judgment, but just as a means of needing additional support. Is there such a thing as an average day for a school nurse, I guess? Um, in our team, we've got bands from bands two to six. Yeah, okay. There are band twos are screening assistants, band threes are health promotion practitioners, band fours, health improvement practitioners, staff nurses, and then your skiffins, your specialist community, public health nurses. So every day is different. So the band threes, they're doing what I, I always say they do, they're digging around of, of kind of like, if we're, if we're looking at building a house, they're digging the foundations, they're finding out what's going on, is it safe enough to carry on working with this family or not? So they're the ones that will be doing um, talk around parenting, sleep, behaviour, um, diet, exercise, dental decay, uh, bedwetting, um, fatty eating, uh, friendships, bullying, um, that kind of thing, that kind of thing. Pretty challenging conversations they have to go through then. Really, yeah, really. So they've had motivational interview training. Yeah. Um. And that's kind of like around doing a lot of talking, a lot of listening, a lot of understanding what that family's normal is to them. Yeah. So trying to kind of like unpick, talk me through your normal day. You know, what, what, does, what does living at your house feel like? Um, we've got some really good resources that we use at that level. Um, a lot around photos. So there'll be pictures of something where there's no right or wrong answer. And you're saying, you know, what does, this, so this could be a picture of a family sat around a table. What does this mean to you? What, what's it saying to you? That kind of thing. Um, so that would be your band three work. They also go into schools and deliver safe touch. Yep. So that's um, a resource that we designed in the team. Two of the Skiffins designed that. That's around the NSPCC pants rule. So they go into school, talk about the safe touch, they get a door hanger, sing a song. So the, the band threes go in and deliver that as well. They also do puberty sessions. So we've also designed a, a puberty DVD that we filmed um, with the staff's kids that were mint, that were really good. Um, so we've done it, we filmed it, and we're now delivering that in schools across Doncaster. And a team in Stoke have just bought it as well to use there, oh, wow. which is amazing, which is really, really good. Um, so we did a, a premiere, we bought all the little actors a, a trophy and we had popcorns and hot dogs and, uh, and sat and watched it for the first time with the teachers from the school that we'd filmed it at. It was really good. It, were, it was really, really good. So uh, the staff delivered that across Doncaster. So that's the band three. If a service wanted to get a hold of that, how, how could they get that from you guys? So there's a, a, a link online. Yeah, okay. So you, Adash, you can download it um, and it's... £299 and you get the workbook and the download once you bought that you can do with it what you want the band five staff nurses so they come from a variety of backgrounds we've got gynae nurses ENT background general nursing learning disabilities basically anybody can apply to be a school nurse so a staff nurse they do all of that but they'll do your child in need meetings They'll do you more complex health assessments, yeah. do your referral to CAMS, the drop-ins in school, the corridor workshops, that kind of thing. Um, they'll also do a little bit of leadership. So they might do clinical supervision. Ah, they yeah. might be involved in yeah. Yeah, PDR prep, that kind of thing. 
um, they'll have students, student nurses coming through. So their kind of role just starts to, to teeter across a little bit. Um, and then your skiffin role is your, your band six. So they're doing your complex child in need, bordering on child protection. Yeah. They pick up the ones that have been deplanned from the CHAP team. Yeah. And they'll do the, the plus clinics in the secondary school. So they'll be doing the sexual health clinics. They'll be doing the corridor workshops. They'll be doing SPOC, um, uh, sorry, e-clinics. So the, the e-clinic that we run on an evening, we've done that through the day now, actually, while COVID's going on. Yeah. Um, so they're doing the more kind of skilled public health stuff. They'll go out and look at the public health data from Public Health England and, and profile each school and say, right, in your area, there's a high level of A&E attendance. How, how do you work with sort of community safeguarding? And yeah, I suppose there's some really difficult conversations and different, diff, difficult caseloads where you yeah. work with families and young people. How, how do you advocate really for the child in those sorts of scenarios, I guess? So the, the, the CHAP team, Again, this this model of working is just amazing. I mean, the um, I think the the whole process around a child going to conference in the first place means that there's been a journey. Usually, there's been a journey for this child. Mm. So nine times out of ten, the families known to us, even if they're not open at the point of them going to conference, they might have been open to us. Two or three years previous, we might have done a little bit of that low-level work at band two and three level. Then they might have gone off radar a little bit. So usually we've got a little bit of a narrative when it when it comes to conference. It's only really if there's been um, an incident that it's we you know we open the records and we say God actually this you know we don't know this child at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, from a from a safeguarding point of view, when we go to conference, our role is to share any health information initially that's recorded in that child's records we'll do a little bit of digging around we'll speak to a and e see how many attendances there's been in a and e we'll have a chat with the gp see if they've got any concerns um if there's other people involved with the child and it's clear from those records we'll document that and then sort of just share that there might have been i don't know physio appointments or whatever go to conference share that information at conference and we always do a health assessment with that child uh, within 12 weeks of conference and again that's about capturing that child's voice trying to find out how they're feeling if they're scared if they're anxious if they're worried if they're needing support if they just need somebody to talk to if it's if they've gone to conference because of health needs so missed health appointments yeah. um, if it's been that there's been an injury a sexual injury or a physical injury then we just work really closely with all those agencies really to put that support in place for the child um so kind of one of the theories behind the chap team is is that whilst ever you're you're on a child protection plan and life might seem a bit dark once you're off a plan it's a different nurse so you're not going to be seeing that same nurse once you're off a plan that takes you back emotionally yeah. when you were on a plan kind of thing What's the relationship with you guys and teachers? The schools that know us, value us and use us and will refer in, or they might just phone up and say, can we just run this past you? What do you, what do you think? Yeah. We've got the child is showing these traits or we've got this child that's turned up in a wheelchair. Mum's adamant that he's broke his, his foot, but there's no pot on his leg and, you know, or whatever. The, the, schools, the schools that work well with us really, really do work well with us. 
the schools without this sounding obvious the schools that don't don't yeah i can guarantee you if so a, a school for example didn't particularly refer a lot into us at all and when there was a an incident a couple of years back uh, resulting in a a young person sadly dying um suddenly they want us they want us we want you four times a week can we pay for additional services so you know the the whole point of school nursing is to be responsive not reactive yeah you know, not a reactive service we should be something that is constantly on a school's agenda to me our photo should be up with every single teacher's photo on that entrance board we should be on every child's website every school governor should know who the school nurse is for that child i've always had that and it's fitted in with care of the elderly it's fitted in with you know um cams as well but this this mantra that i've always had is that behavior is a result of an unmet need and for you guys exactly. I, I see that really prominent you know kids are behaving why you've got to unpick that and that's you know especially with around dementia it takes a lot of investigation a lot of experience and understanding what could be and just kind of that it's that gut feeling it's that professional inquisitiveness it's the skill of knowing child development it's the skill of understanding attachment it's the skill of understanding wiring you know it's the whole thing the the therapeutic relationship for me i think is is the best thing when it's like i say to be in somebody's life potentially for up to 15 years in nursing i don't think there's any other role in nursing other than if you've got a long-term health condition yeah you know lifelong health condition um so the the opportunity to have the freedom to come in and out of school get to know these kids and make a difference is amazing from a safeguarding point of view the same really the same is to you know and not to coin that cliche to make a difference it's the best of both worlds you've not got the constraints of a ward you've got the freedom of kind of managing your own diary and you can use your skills, you can be innovative. I think if it gives you anything, school nursing is the innovation. All right then, well thank you very much for your time. No, you're welcome, thank you, thank you. Have a good Easter, stay home. Yeah. Now hopefully all this will be done soon, won't it? Well that was Jane Nashby from Ardash School Nursing Service. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that and got something from it. Certainly opened my eyes up into what school nursing was all about. Um, and I think definitely would be a very um, very exciting career uh, for those who want to get into nursing that's outside of your um, mainstream sort of ward work um, and if you have a passion about working with young young people then you can engage with them um, so thank you very much for listening if you got this far my name is Gavin Portier and I will be doing another podcast in the next month or so so stay tuned take care out there and be safe